X-Ray. Welcome to The Local, your daily dose of hometown news and democracy. I'm Jefferson Smith from Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday, June 23rd. Today, back in the day, a busy day in history, June 23, 1972, U.S. President Richard M. Nixon and White House Chief of Staff H.R. Haldeman are taped talking about using the CIA to obstruct the FBI's investigation into the Watergate break-ins. And that same day, Title IX of the United States Civil Rights Act of 1964 is amended to prohibit sexual discrimination to any educational program getting federal funds. And today, back in the day, June 23, 1988, NASA scientist James Hansen testified to Congress stating that greenhouse effect had been detected and we needed to be aware of climate change. And of course, Congress, the national media, major polluters and corporations, and a bipartisan consensus emerged to solve that problem before it got way out of hand. That's not exactly how it went down after 1988. But today, back in the day, June 23, 2016, the United Kingdom voted in a referendum to leave the European Union, 52 to 48 percent. That was four years ago today. And today on The Local, we'll start with your quick six. We'll have a new piece of original journalism from Kate Kay on facial recognition and an interview with artist Layla Hall on intersectionality and the importance of self-care. I'm out in the woods today. I'm less in touch with the news. So for today's quick six, it's getting done by the team. First up, it's today's quick six local rundown. I'm DJ Ambush in for Jefferson Smith. The man convicted of killing two men and injuring a third on a max light rail train in Portland in 2017 is set to be sentenced today. Jeremy Christian will hear his sentencing at the Multnomah County Circuit Court. Christian was found guilty on 12 counts earlier this year, including those murders and attempted murder, as well as assault and intimidation. His sentencing was originally scheduled for March, but canceled and rescheduled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Christian could face a prison sentence of life without the possibility of parole. At a minimum, he faces at least life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. Daily Dose of Data On Monday, health officials reported 146 new confirmed and presumptive cases of COVID-19. That brings the state's total to 7,083 known cases. Once again, to contextualize the latest climb of diagnosed cases, more than 7% of all reported Oregon cases were identified over the past weekend. 511 cases were reported between Friday and Sunday. The bulk of Sunday's new diagnosis come from the Salem area, with 47 cases in Marion County. Cases continue to show up in the Portland metro area, with 27 in Washington County, 17 in Multnomah County, and 15 in Clackamas County. Union County health officials reported five new coronavirus cases Monday, bringing the county's total to 263 diagnoses. The bulk is from an outbreak linked with Lighthouse Pentecostal Church in Island City. According to the OHA, there are more than 100 cases for every 10,000 people in Union County as of Friday. Statewide, there are about 16 cases for every 10,000 people. While infections are climbing, the death rate remains steady. Two related deaths were confirmed Monday. That brings the state's total to 192 deaths. As of Monday, 145 people are hospitalized with suspected or confirmed cases of COVID-19 across the state. 969 people have been hospitalized in Oregon over the course of the pandemic. The Washington Department of Health has reported 28,680 confirmed coronavirus cases in the state 
and 1,270 known deaths. As of Monday, coronavirus has led to the hospitalization of 4,049 people in Washington. The state's Yakima County has seen spikes of more than 200 cases in a single day, twice this month. By comparison, King County saw an increase of 62 cases in the latest one-day count from Friday, which was also an uptick. Washington Governor Jay Inslee announced Saturday that masks will be legally required in Yakima County. In Oregon, a rule requiring masks to be worn in public indoor spaces will take effect on Wednesday. The rule will apply to seven Oregon counties, Multnomah, Washington, Clackamas, Hood River, Lincoln, Marion, and Polk. So, once more, wear your damn masks. Restrictions are in place for Oregon fireworks. The 4th of July is right around the corner, and retail fireworks will soon be available in Oregon. But this year, you'll only be able to buy them from retailers and stands with state permits. In Oregon, fireworks can be bought between June 23rd and July 6th, but there are restrictions on where those fireworks can be used. They can't be used in national parks and forests. They can't be used on land owned by the Bureau of Land Management or U.S. Fish and Wildlife. They can't be used in state parks and campgrounds or on state beaches. People who use illegal fireworks face a fine up to $2,500 per violation, plus a $500 civil penalty. It's just about wildfire season, and this summer is going to be hot and dry. Gresham City Council votes to fly BLM flag. On Monday, the Gresham City Council voted to fly the Black Lives Matter flag at City Hall until the end of July. In the same motion, they also voted to fly the Juneteenth flag every June 19th beginning next year. Recently, Gresham's mayor, chief police, and city manager have all resigned. The council also voted to take public input at a Monday meeting on who should be appointed interim mayor. They'll be taking internal applications for the interim city manager by this Friday. Oregon is considering a ban on additives in cannabis vaping products. The Oregon Liquor Control Commission is proposing a more limited ban on flavors and thinning agents, and they're focused on THC vaping products. The OLCC wants to stop manufacturers from mixing THC oil with additives that have not been shown to be safe to inhale. It will allow ingredients derived from cannabis like flavor terpenes and cannabinoids to be added for natural flavoring. Essentially, THC vapor can taste like cannabis, but nothing else. The agency is targeting additives from third-party companies that aren't properly regulated. If you recall, thousands of Americans ended up in the hospital last year, straining to breathe with damaged lungs. At the time, almost 70 people died. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention linked the illness to vaping. In particular, the additive vitamin E acetate. Manufacturers were using the vitamin to dilute THC oil and make it taste better, but now it's been banned and they need a replacement which is why the OLCC is proposing new rules. The OLCC proposal will have a better chance of being upheld in court than the previous ban, mainly because that one was introduced as an emergency when Governor Brown banned flavored vape products. That ban was overturned by the courts. The agency plans to float new proposals with OLCC commissioners this summer. Good news is finally getting out of the house. Washington State Parks and Rec announced it has added two additional free days to the 2020 season. The move replaces the two free days that had been lost to COVID-19-related closures in April. The first makeup free day is Sunday, September 13th. 
The date will celebrate Girl Scouts Love State Parks Weekend. It's a national movement to get every Girl Scout into a state park. The second makeup day is Saturday, October 10th. The date recognizes World Mental Health Day. These new dates make up for the Spring Free Day that had been scheduled for April 11th and Earth Day scheduled for April 22nd. On free days, Washington State Park visitors don't need a Discover Pass for day use visits by vehicle. If you were wondering, normally a yearly pass costs $30 and one day permits cost $10. And for the record, the remaining 2020 State Park free days are as follows. April 25th, National Park Service birthday. September 13th, Girl Scouts Love State Parks Day. September 26th, National Public Lands Day. October 10th, World Mental Health Day. November 11th, Veterans Day. And November 27th, Autumn Day. And that's today's Quick 6 Local Rundown. Portland has deliberated over a ban on facial recognition for months. Now, as the city closes in on a vote this summer, here's the first in a series from X-Ray reporter Kate Kay on facial recognition and how the groundbreaking legislation could affect Portlanders. Cities across the country have banned use of facial recognition by police departments and government agencies. And despite a pandemic-related slowdown, the Portland City Council still plans to vote on its own proposed ban on facial recognition, possibly in August. But what is facial recognition technology anyway, and why ban it? Well, facial recognition technology uses artificial intelligence to compare a face in a photo or video image with a database of faces to find a match and identify people. It's used today in all sorts of ways for mundane purposes, like tagging celebrities in videos by detecting their faces, to beneficial ones like helping to locate a missing child. Of course, facial recognition has drawn a lot of condemnation as a flawed tool that violates human rights and civil liberties. Research studies, including a recent one from the federal government, have shown these systems fail to detect black and brown faces accurately. So it's especially controversial when facial recognition is used by law enforcement. And many fear its use could enable a supercharged surveillance state. Critics point to the one already in high gear in northwest China, where facial recognition and other AI are used to profile and track the Muslim Uyghur population. A 2019 PBS Frontline documentary paints a bleak picture. The authorities have brought in more police and deployed extensive surveillance technology. That data feeds an AI system that the government claims can predict individuals prone to terrorism. So this stuff isn't off in the distant future. And like most emerging tech, there's no federal regulation of this stuff. Facial recognition was in the headlines earlier this month, amid the backdrop of protests against racial injustice and police abuse spurred by the killing of George Floyd. IBM, Amazon, and Microsoft, they've all been makers of facial recognition tech, said they would end or pause sales of it to law enforcement. The thing is, despite Amazon's one-year moratorium on sales to police, the company has fought the potential ban here in Portland. It was as recent as December when Amazon paid $12,000 to send lobbyists to meet with staff in the mayor's and city council offices about it. Staff in city council commissioner Joanne Hardesty's office were among them. Here's Hardesty. They're hoping that they can stop it, and they can't. 
Uh, and if they can't stop it, they're hoping to soften the language so that they would have more wiggle room. And they also won't be able to do that. Commissioner Hardesty is one of the council's most ardent supporters of the ban. Talking about Amazon, she said, At the end of the day, we will have to agree to disagree whether or not their ability to make profit supersedes people's ability to control their own biometric data and to give their own personal consent when that data is being collected. So what has Amazon worried? Well, for one thing, Portland's ban could be a lot stricter than the ones in other cities. That's because it would not only prevent use by government agencies and law enforcement, it could end use by private entities like retailers and other businesses. And in Portland, that is not a hypothetical. It means at least one business using facial recognition today would have to stop. Please look at camera for entry. That's a greeting from a facial recognition system that's deployed overnights at three Jackson's convenience stores right here in Portland. The way it works is the doors stay locked if the system detects the faces of people that Jackson's says it has banned from its Portland stores. Jackson's has said the promise of theft prevention and safety for its employees outweigh concerns about privacy or discriminatory inaccuracies. Hardesty. People don't give up their civil rights uh, just to go into a convenience store and spend their hard-earned money. Uh, That should not be the price of admission. Portland is likely to vote on its facial recognition ban in August. So how does facial recognition at Jackson stores in Portland work anyway? What will city commissioners weigh when they vote on a ban this summer? Don't miss future reports from this X-ray series on facial recognition in Portland. Subscribe to the local podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Kate K Reports. In Portland, I'm Kate K for X-Ray.fm. Friday, we celebrated Juneteenth with a day-long teach-in. Artist and organizer Layla Hale joined with Carol Collymore and Jeff Selby in reflection on the holiday. From the importance of an intersectional, intergenerational approach to justice, to amplifying the voices of queer, trans, artists of color at Ori Gallery, to the many learning opportunities available in every day. Here are Layla, Carol, and Jeff. Layla, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. Happy Juneteenth, and thank you so much for joining us uh, this at this early hour yeah. on your holiday. <laughs> we yeah, are we are excited. I'm excited to talk to you. We uh, Jeff and I were talking about uh, our age in comparison to yours and how we felt in our 20s about um, older folks uh, talking about this kind of work and curious on your point of view um, on the the folks now doing the work and what we've left for you and what you feel like the next steps are. Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, a clarifying point, I'm 36. Still younger than us. Um, but a lot of a lot of folks assume that I'm younger, you know, because black and crack. Look, tell um, it. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really excited because you know I've been doing youth work for like the past ten years, and I just love what my kids are doing in the streets. Um, you know, I've also been teaching like art for direct action and like protest safety, and like I see my youth in the street like using all of these skills, and it just warms my heart. Um, yeah, I think the youth are like, they have it, you know, they're just as sick as millennials are, except they have more energy. 
Um, <laughs> and I feel like, well, truly though, like Gen Z has got it, and mm-hmm. I think it's our job to get the f out of their way and make sure that they have the tools and the skills that they need to make the change that needs to happen. That was going to happen. Like I never thought that, you know, I would live to see you know a revolution that looks like this in my lifetime. Like I never dreamed it would be possible. So I'm a pig in slop. It's great. Mm. Yeah, it's good to hear. Uh, so, um, like I said, there's so much uh, to you, so many facets, and I thought we would talk a little bit about uh, Ori Gallery, the gallery that you uh, co-created that amplifies the voices of trans and queer artists of color. Um, could you tell us a little bit more uh, about Ori Gallery? Uh, yeah, basically, you know, the cultural landscape of uh, Portland is an alabaster wonderland and you know my co-creator and I just got sick of trying to make space for ourselves in institutions that didn't want to have us if it wasn't Black History Month or you know Pride Month mm-hmm. or what have you you know we really got sick of just being like tokenized and not appreciated for artists in our own life so we just said F it let's make our own space um, and we, you know, we happened to have like friends and community who had access to the current space, and we got our business together in time to open it up, and managed to get, you know, a little bit of funding to open up our doors and to be able to pay our first round of artists. And three years went by really quickly after that. Sure. Well, yeah, that's fantastic. I love it that uh, it's that DIY attitude where we don't have a space, so let's make one. I mean, that's what black people have been doing since time immemorial. Nothing has been built for us in this country. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, prisons have been built for us, but... Other, other. Well, yeah. <laughs> Don't say we never gave you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the gallows humor. Ooh, oh. That's all you got. I, I mean, some have. of the best... Sorry to jump in this, but talk about artists. The funniest, the most joyful, the most interesting things, even out of pain that I have been seeing in the last two or three weeks that make me laugh until I cry from the you're about to lose your job remix to any number of things. I mean, art, Layla, has just saved the soul many, many, many days. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, black people are just great. Like, <laughs> we, you know, what is American culture? Like, you can't describe anything about pop culture without leaving it back to blackness and back to African roots. So that's just what we do and, you know, creating Ori is about celebrating that and about, you know, Ori itself means head, so you'll leave the word meaning head, meaning like this is our closest uh, space to the Orisha, right? So when we practice mindfulness and creativity, we're practicing like a sacred a sacred right, right? Like being able to be an artist in your community and be that creative voice that's linked between the heavens and earth. Literally, that's like what we do. So like Ori is the impetus for that. And that's why we chose the name for the gallery. Wow. I uh I appreciate that work that you that you're doing there. You've got so much going on. I attended uh one of your workshops on uh, disability and accessibility uh, a few years ago. That's that's where I first uh, met you. Um, what, how, how has that been? Uh, the, the intersectionality of, of race and disability 
uh, is something that I don't think we talk about a lot. Yeah, people think black cripples don't exist. It's wild. Um, part of one of my trainings is uh, a scenario where someone asks a black person in a wheelchair what gang they were in. And, oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and, like, yeah, I think white people, like, sit down and, like, work their way through, like, defending their friends uh, who are supposed to be the black person in the wheelchair during this conversation. And, like, so those are the sort of situations that I, like, take folks through when we talk about, like, you know, intersectionality and, like, what what does it look like to defend black lives on a daily basis in these scenarios? And people just don't think. It never occurs to them. Um, well, I, th- I think that... Those, part of the general erasure of you know the African experience in America yeah absolutely I think that uh, you know white whiteness is so ingrained in the society uh, in our country that you know the, the question we get asked a lot in racial equity is why, why do you center on race you know you've done that uh, why don't we look at other identities uh, like disability or veterans or seniors uh, or queer folks as if there are no black indigenous or people of color uh, who are uh, who have disabilities or who are veterans or who are old or you know who are queer and it's just it's wild it is absolutely people think that they can just like circumnavigate race as if like yeah especially when like i'm in a training and i have white folks who are like why are we doing this this like why are we centering on race i'm like why are you centering on race i didn't invent race (laughs) (laughs) we were africans we were africans and europeans before y'all started this Mm, (laughs) started this black and white business (laughs) yeah and also the the whole uh conversation now that you know racism is not a black problem you know it's it's really it's a white problem and it's got to be, uh, it has to be reckoned with. Uh, Layla, what, uh, is there anything else? I know um, I've been uh, using what you, uh, something that you told me in our conversation yesterday, which is instead of saying, hey, how are you? Um, I've been saying, uh, how, how is your body? Um, how are you doing with all this? And how are you, how are you taking care of yourself? Oh, I'm terrible. I've been, <laughs> put me in the hospital, you know, the, the feeling of like I grew up in LA and the Bay Area so I'm used to like helicopters and sirens every night but I didn't realize that like having that back in my life would be re-triggering so like it's been really stressful to be like back in a militarized zone as Portland has turned into um, and me and other black folks are like truly suffering right now and it's not not cute and it's like we were joking the other day that it feels like it's hard not to be resentful at white folks who are like right now like mm-hmm. people who have like the privilege to recreate and like go about their lives as normal it's like living in a twilight zone mm-hmm. like, it's like being constantly gaslit because you're in a completely separate reality um, on top of that being like a black femme like with black women and femmes are like not it's not chill right now you know and I think I just want to like shout out to anyone who's listening to like this right now like you are the world and you're so effing important. Um, I just want to say that, but black women are the world. And anytime I get to say that on air, it's great. Um, but yeah, it's not chill. <laughs> yeah. So it's like really important to me to take advantage of opportunities like this where I can speak candidly about what's my experience and what's happening. Mm-hmm. It is, it is an interesting, uh, 
physical emotional response when you can't un- untangle I have found myself um, ad- advising other of, of my uh, uh, friends and colleagues like don't don't gaslight yourself into thinking it's time for you to be over what you're feeling um, and you've articulated that so well about it's okay to feel the feelings and be upset and 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 it's it's years of angst right it's the things that are coming out are remembering the time you got fired and didn't know why because you're an overachiever and you start to realize that it was an Amy Cooper situation it's 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 dates it's friends it's work it's it's wondering you're you're churning 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 through your own black history and so in a moment like this you start to feel the sickness come through and the anxiety come through and I I have also found myself like I should be I should be okay right now it's been a few it's been a few weeks but I continue to roil in it um so Layla it's important that you said that because I also am doing a little struggling with gaslighting myself yeah and that that little voice that tells you like oh I should be working right now oh I should be doing this oh I should be doing that like that's just white supremacy talking Mm -hmm. like I have a friend Cicely who uses this shorthand called the hex for when we're talking about the combination of white supremacy, patriarchy, colonization, racism, anti-blackness, all of that, like all of the isms all in one, so you just call it the hex. Mm. So I just like to tell folks, like, be wary when the hex sneaks into your mind. Like, that's white supremacy talking. Don't let it come up. Like, anytime you question your worth, like, that's the hex talking. Anytime you think that you're not being productive enough, you know, that's capitalism. That's the hex talking. So... I just really try to like warn folks like you know it's gonna you, you have to build white supremacy in your mind the revolution starts at home first so i feel like as you know a black person as an indigenous person right now centering your own pleasure is the most radical thing you could possibly do because that's what the hex doesn't want right it wants us to keep working it wants us to feel worthless it wants us to keep consuming right so yeah, centering your own self and centering your own black pleasure and your own black joy is the most revolutionary act you could be participating in right now. And just making sure, you know, niggas are happy. <laughs> yep. That's true. Wow. Thank you, Layla. Thank you so much for the work you're doing in community, the work you've been doing, uh, the voices you're lifting up. Uh, I really appreciate the work you do, and, and I'm, uh, I'm so glad that I know you. Um, and I think that um, when you said Alabaster Wonderland, I is it weird that I pictured the license plate design for the state to you know Alabaster Wonderland, and it had you know all this stuff. On I it, just uh, heard John Mayer singing <laughs> Alabaster Wonderland instead of my body yes, is a Wonderland. You, you. I was like, did she just say Alabaster Wonderland? And I thought Jeff was going to fall out of his chair. This is when you wish there was video. Like he's not going to make it. He's not even listening to what you're saying because all he heard was Alabaster Wonderland. There you go. Oh my I'm God. really glad that you picked that up because that's absolutely how he intended it to be interpreted. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Layla, and I hope somebody has that stuck in their head and every time they hear that song, they can only hear Alabaster. I mean, you've just ruined my life with that and I appreciate you. And Thank I, you for that. And did I, I ruin it or did I make it better? You know, girl, you know you made it better. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and and I could just live a great life without ever hearing John Mayer again, ever, and for any reason. Um, anyway. Just that, like, white men need to be banned from guitars for the next 20 years, and they know why. <laughs> but can we keep the Chappelle show 
where Chappelle and Mayer go to all the places and do the white people dancing versus the black people dancing versus the, the Latinx yeah, people dancing. Black, that I would like to keep because there's nothing better than the end where the black cop is dancing to every rose has a thorn. Oh my God. This, I never laughed harder in my life oh my up until that point. It was the best. That's hitting pretty close to home for me. <laughs> uh, Layla, thank you so much for taking time out on your holiday to join us uh, on the radio today. We really appreciate it, and uh, I hope you get to experience some joy and relaxation soon. Yes, thank you so much. I super appreciate it. And I just want to say lastly that if you are a white person making federal holiday pay today, you know what you need to do with that money. Absolutely. That's right. Thank you for that message. Uh, Layla Hale, (laughs) thank you so much. And happy Pride. Oh, thank you. Hey, Pride was a riot. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting all the truth today on (laughs) X-Ray FM. Thanks to Kate and Layla for joining The Local, and thank you for listening to The Local, your hometown in about 30 minutes. Best of Portland voting is happening now. You can go to xray.fm or you can go to bit.ly slash xrayfm2020. Let's stick together while we're apart. Thank you, democracy. Talk to you tomorrow. X-Ray.